Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am delighted to have our guest on today. She is Senior European Bronze Medal from last year. She's got two under 23 European Bronze Medals. And as a junior, she won European Bronze and World Bronze as well. Delighted to have Gemma Howell on the show. Hi Gemma, how are you doing? Hi, good, thank you. Excited to be here. <laughs> um, thanks for, for coming on. Really appreciate uh, you giving up your time. In case anyone's been living under a rock and the listeners don't know who you are, could you talk us through some of your career highlights and then maybe how you got started in judo? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I started judo when I was eight. So my dad taught at the like, local school in Wolverhampton and knew like Craig Fallon and some of the other successful players that were from the club. So he kind of took me along and then the rest is history, I guess. I kept going, enjoyed it, all that. And then... Um, my favourite medal, like by a million miles, is I got European bronze last year. Um, and I think it just meant so much because I remember I missed my last year of juniors because of an ACL operation. And then at the time, like crying my eyes out, and it was like the end of the world. And everyone said to me, like, it's about the bigger picture. It's about seniors. Like you won't remember this in years to come. So obviously, then since then, I've wanted a senior uh, championship medal. So like just to kind of be like, yeah, okay, actually, it was okay. I missed my last year of juniors because I did get better than that. And I spent 10 years trying to get it and then finally kind of achieved that goal, I guess, and got a senior championship medal. So that was like the best day ever. Awesome. Um, So you had quite a junior career despite missing your last year. I know your junior worlds, you ended up fighting a couple of players who went on to, well, you fought Silva, Raffaella Silva, and she was obviously Olympic champion. Yeah, uh, last year she, she posted um, a picture on Instagram of the junior, um, like the podium when I was at the junior worlds, and all three of them, apart from me, have got Olympic medals. So I need to try and fix that. <laughs> oh, fantastic! So it was a t- tough year. Yeah, I can I, I can imagine the calibre. <laughs> um, so you also competed in 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 London. How was that for you? What was that experience like being part of the Olympic team then? That was like amazing like for me and for my family I think as much as it was for me um but it was like a roller coaster completely because obviously a year before less than a year before the games I snapped my other ACL um which obviously meant I missed like all the competitions up to the games and it meant during my time out like Daniel Asker also moved me up a weight category um so it was all a bit crazy and I had like one competition basically to prove myself and get uh, qualified get selected because um, obviously back then you didn't have to go through the world ranking list because it was a home games. Um, and that was the British Open. And I remember, like, I don't think the physio was happy with me coming back for that competition because it was still too soon. But obviously it was my Olympics at, at stake. I didn't have a choice. And then even then, like at the final of the British Open, I remember the announcement as I was stood on the mat waiting to go on. And they said, oh, like, the winner of this fight will be going to the Olympic Games. And I was like, really? They've just said that as we're about to fight each other. Oh, um, well, who who did you have? Was that Faith? Uh, that was Faith in the final. And I was just oh. like, she did not need to say that out loud. But um, then, yeah, I guess like that was good because then I won it. Um, and then I got to go to the game. So that was all really happy. And then I lost the games and it was like, well, what do I do now? Like I'd, my whole leading up to it, like you were training to win the Olympics kind of thing. So it was like a big like shock. And I was like, 
life was over for a bit, I guess. But then, like, two days later or the next day, I think, like, Gemma got a medal and then Karina got a medal. So then it suddenly, like, was amazing again and it was just a complete roller coaster. During, like, the final running, were you... Were you aware of kind of what what was going on with the selection process and then the appeals process for London? Um, kind of. I think like my mom maybe told me too much and it was meant to try and like not know about it and stuff. But I think she couldn't help it. Um, because I know like obviously got selected, which was amazing, and then the appeals went through. So then I think we were aware in a training camp at the time, like everyone that basically like was doing the appeals and everything. We were all together when I found out about that. So then obviously that was like. In, in not the best place because we're all together so, um, and like finding out about it all and I guess it was just one of those things I was going to have to go through so it was good like when it was all done and dusted and then that because that was just stressful like like it was kind of out of my control whether I was going to be going to the Olympics or not yeah yeah no I, I, I have like a similar memory I think we're in Prague yeah. or somewhere like that yeah. whilst it was all going on you, you're yeah. not you're aware that it's happening but you're not really kind of you're not present so yeah and, and it's just the fact that you can't it's not like you can go prove yourself at a competition or whatever and do anything but then after like all the appeals and everything I think I won like the next three competitions or something in a row so I kind of felt a bit like because obviously I understand like I was new to the weight category I hadn't really like I guess justified myself being as a selected person but then I felt like after the next few competitions I kind of did show that I deserve to be going to the games. Cool. So the games itself, you had um, a man from France, obviously, who yes. was uh, reigning world champion. She's three three time world champion, but she's reigning world champion. How <coughs> did did that affect kind of like your your game plan? Did it affect your thinking going into the the match? Um, I remember it quite clearly actually. Because I remember uh, so Darren Warner told me my draw. And I think, I feel like if anybody else had told me my draw, I might have taken it very differently. But he somehow made it seem positive that I had the world champion first fight. And he said, obviously, she'll, she used to fight 70s, so she'll be cutting a lot of weight. So if I was to have her at any point, because this was when weigh-ins were in the morning. Um, yeah. So she'll obviously have had to dehydrate. And that will be when she's at her weakest at the first fight of the day. So she's like, he said, you're here to win the Olympics. So if you're going to beat her at any time, this is the time to have her. So... I kind of went out there still confident that I was able to do it. And then um, in the fight, I think it I was down like um, two Shido's or something. and or, I don't know what it was, but I knew like in my head I was going to get another Shido, which was going to cost me the fight if I didn't. So I had to do an attack. And I remember this was when leg grabs were allowed if you had a certain grip and not if you didn't have a certain grip. And in my head, I felt a hand touch my back and I was like, oh, that's the double-sided grip. I can run the leg. And so I run the leg and I think I got a Yuko, possibly, but her hand was definitely not on the double side. So then that was when it was straight hands to Kamaki for touching the leg. And that was my dream over. I, I remember it. I remember it being a really <laughs> close fight. And I, I do remember you just being just behind. But I do. Um, I also remember the crowd getting for a moment. They were so excited when I think because the referees scored the Yuko at first, didn't they, before? Can't remember. I remember Kate was shouting UK from a chair. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. I feel I feel the score was given, and then they obviously spent a, a few moments looking at it. Yeah. Um, how did it feel to be disqualified in the Olympics? Not not very good, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I just remember like 
I wanted the floor to eat me up. I didn't want to have to walk past the whole crowd and I didn't want to have to walk, you know, you have to go through like the media and everything. I just wanted to like disappear and not see anyone or anything. Um, so then I guess, I don't know, I managed to like get through all that bit and then I just did the usual hide in the toilets until I was able to face people again. So kind of relates to your judo a bit. There's obviously been a lot of rule changes and you've you've kind of alluded to yeah. some of them there. Have, yeah, those rule changes affected your judo and have you adapted, yeah, to, I think leg grabbing was a big part of your judo early on. Yeah, definitely. How's it changed for you? I think, obviously, leg grabbing used to be one of my main scoring techniques. Um, so that was negative for me. Like, I know some people, like, really thrived off the, leg, the new rules. Um, but I guess, like, you just learn, like, you win in other ways. Like, I think since then I've won a lot more of my fights from Niwaza. Um, so maybe it's just given me like I've used more opportunities on the ground um, but I think as well like the new if you touch the leg it's not straight Hansakimaki is a good rule now but I feel like I've finally like that's only come when I've finally stopped getting into the habit of touching the leg so that's come a little bit too late I guess <laughs> um. <laughs> cool one of, one of the other things you've kind of talked about is uh, a couple of knee injuries that you had as a as a junior and then as a, a young senior um, yeah you've I think it's fair to say had quite a few major injuries through your career yeah how, how many how many how many surgeries have you had so I've had nine surgeries now um eight on my knees four each knee and so at least I'm balanced and <laughs> one on my neck and then oh, I wow. recently just found out that I have some loose bone like 11 millimeters of loose bone in my elbow which would require surgery to get that moved as well but um there's not really any time for that because I've literally just had two surgeries on the bounce so that one's kind of like saving that one for later <laughs> Any of them been kind of worse than others in terms of recovery time and, and, and coming back from them? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, ACLs, like, that's just like a judo player's worst nightmare, I feel like. Um, so, and then I guess, like, the timing of them. So, well, my my first ACL was, at the time, the worst thing in the world because I'd not even heard of an injury back then. Like, when the physio first told me, the scan results was you could have snapped your ACL or it could be a partial or it could be nothing. A hundred percent in my head, it was nothing. Like I just didn't get injured. You just, you just didn't know about <laughs> it. Um, were you a junior? I'm, yeah, I was a junior. Uh, so, you, so, yeah. so you thought you were bulletproof. <laughs> exactly. I thought I was bulletproof and then soon discovered that's not the case. Um, so then that was the worst one at the time. And then obviously snapping my ACL before London, like, obviously that has lots of bad thoughts with it and everything because that was just like my dream being taken away from me kind of thing um so I think just the timing of that one made that one awful um and then since then I was just I think maybe I I so for two years after London I had like in and out with knee surgery because I uh, couldn't I couldn't find out what was wrong basically until I found like Joe who's now the GB doctor like kind of saved me and fixed it and found out what was wrong and um, which actually was like MCL reconstruction and cartilage needed removing because my knee was locking okay. so I knew something was wrong but no one could find it out um but I always wondered if that was because I rushed back for London if that was then why I had 
two years of problems afterwards, but I won't know, I guess. Um, but then mostly it's been like cartilage cleanouts, and they're they're quite quick. Right. Okay. How do you how do you manage coming back from injuries? Is it is it something that that plays on your mind as you as you return into the mat? Oh, so um, as in like, do I think about the injury and stuff? Yeah. Is it something that kind of <laughs> sticks with you for a while, or are you someone who can kind of brush it off? Uh, no, definitely not. I think I'm probably known as um a drama queen because <laughs> I think now I've had so many injuries. If I maybe like bang my knee or anything I like panic and think of the worst um so I'm definitely like extra careful now I think but I think you don't come back to judo until you're confident in the injury anyway otherwise you're putting yourself at more risk so I've always like made sure and the physio and the support team around me has always got me like in good shape before I've been able to fight again so that's never kind of been an issue I guess but I feel like with that many injuries it's more of a mental game Right. Like the motivation to keep coming back and get up again and get up again and taking the knocks. It's kind of like, if I'm being honest, like the last few injuries I've said, the next one will be my last one. And obviously there has been a next one and it hasn't been my last one. So <laughs> something, I've surprised myself, I guess, like something makes me keep going. Um, but I guess that's just a judo player's attitude, isn't it? Like you're going to make sure you've given it everything. Cool. And I guess that ties in with your kind of goals where you see yourself. Is that, yeah. do you feel that you're not done yet? Are you, are you, you're obviously looking at Tokyo. Definitely. Like, I mean, after the Europeans last year, I definitely thought I can die happy now. Like I was so happy <laughs> I got a championship medal. Um, but no, obviously like any judo players, if the dream is the Olympics and for me, my last Olympics, and qualify for will be Tokyo so I just don't want to regret for the rest of my life not giving it absolutely everything so I'm gonna just make sure whatever happens I've got no regrets so obviously going into uh yeah that kind of Rio cycle you missed I think you missed Glasgow because of injuries yeah um knees knee injuries um and you were at, at 63 kilos for for Rio like how was it important to be competing regularly did you know you weren't going to Rio kind of early on because you weren't getting competition or training um no I feel like right up until the end like obviously like Alice was ahead and I don't even know if I was in the top 16 I'd literally missed so many of the competitions um but I still felt there was like a chance like I don't know if obviously the coaching team thought that but like until my last competition I thought there was a, a small chance like I could have qualified and I got a silver at the last Grand Prix I did um before Rio and and then in that competition I beat one of the girls that went and got bronze at the Olympics so it's like I knew in my head like if things went differently or whatever like I, there was a chance of anything I guess that's what that is judo and um, like anything could happen on the day so I knew it wasn't a million miles away but like just didn't happen for me and I didn't manage to do it that cycle cool so this is your your third Olympic cycle yeah you, you've completed you across <laughs> not at all I'm sure you've got one more in you <laughs> definitely not 
Um, you've competed across three weight categories, 57s, yes. and then shortly before London, you obviously moved up to 63s, and you, you did the whole, or as much of rear cycle at 63s. Um, yeah. What played in the decision, like, to move up to 70s um, for Tokyo? Um, so that wasn't my decision at all, because I, I mean, I remember at the time I, did, I wasn't happy with it and didn't want to, um, but then I think, like, the coaching my coaches at the time thought it was the best thing for like my injuries um because obviously like I said cutting weight could put pressure on your knees and put you more at risk and obviously one of the biggest factors for me of trying to get medals is staying on the mat like that's been a battle I've had for the last 10 years um so I guess like I did I did see the point in that and it did make sense and for a little while it worked I was injury free for a year and a half which is the longest time I've been injury free for 10 years um so maybe like you could say that was because I moved at the 70s. Um, and also I kind of felt like I've dieted my whole life and dieting sucks. So why not, <laughs> why not try enjoying life and eating? And I always wondered, like, when I was dieting, because everyone said, like, oh, hypertrophy is still hard and in the gym is hard and eating so much food is really hard. And I remember thinking, like, I'm not sure I believe you or whatever, but now I feel like I've done both. And definitely, I can say dieting is much harder. <laughs> Eating lot is the best thing ever, and right now I'm living life. Brilliant. I, I was I was going to ask that. Do you feel, yeah, without that um, kind of pressure to cut weight, do you feel that it's it does like have an impact on the rest of your life and, and how you train? Yeah, definitely. I think like life outside of judo is nicer because you can go out for a meal and eat the meal, whereas before I'd go out for a meal. <laughs> and watch everybody else eat them and it means like leading up to a competition you can actually prepare for the competition and do what's right as opposed to having to go for a run every single morning and like being really tired for training and you can actually like kind of do what's optimal I guess or what you want what you want to do cool um so uh British judo the particular the women's team British judo is going through a period where we're so strong right now what's it like being first of all like part of such a strong team and then what's it like being um in a category with the likes of of sally who is obviously coming off the back of an olympic medal and the first thing i think is it makes me feel proud like to be part of such a good team like that we can consistently win medals and the Europeans last year when we got five medals was literally the best feeling ever. Like I was obviously really happy for myself and I was so happy that the whole team had just done amazing. It was like one of the best results we'd had for ages. And it means just coming into the centre every day, like I'm around like the world's best athletes kind of in in a lot of the weight groups. So they're the people that I get to train with every day. And that makes me lucky, I guess, because that means I can then get better training every day. Um and you can like obviously learn off each other um, and we still obviously need to travel and so we're not fighting each other every single day because that does get boring but it's still good just to have like top quality practices on your doorstep and then obviously Sally being in my weight is a, a nice challenge because <laughs> um, it means that I haven't just got to try and qualify for the Olympics I've got to try and qualify above Sally which at the moment obviously Sally's like one of the top in the world Um it means I've just got extra motivation, I guess, to try and go even harder. 
Um, also, like it sounds like you really see judo as uh, like a team sport, the way yeah, you describe it, rather definitely. than um, an individual sport. It's, I, it's easy for for people watching and I, I guess a lot of clubs to go, yeah, this is my athlete. My athlete has to achieve at the expense of others. But the way you're talking about it, um, everyone brings the level of each each other athlete up together. I think so. And I think like the fact that the women's team is doing so well kind of shows that because they must have all obviously like helped each other. Like definitely. I mean, you've obviously got to be a bit selfish sometimes when it's appropriate in sport to be a good athlete. But like with judo, we can't do well without we're not athletics. Like we need bodies and we need each other. And I think also like mentally on a three week training camp in Japan, I need people more than ever then to like go to go for ice cream with and get me through it. Awesome. So what's uh, what's next for you, Jim? What wh- when are you competing? When are people going to see you back on the mat in competition? Um, so my first one back from my neck operation will be in March, which will be Czech World Cup. Um, and then the first big one, I guess, after that will be uh, Russia Grand Slam. Cool. And um, yeah, what are your goals going forwards with with all your achievements so far? What what is there left to achieve for you? Um, obviously there's still a few medals that I haven't got yet. So I haven't got a Grand Slam medal um, or a World Championship medal. And obviously everyone wants the big Olympic medal. So I guess before that, I need to try and qualify for Tokyo. That's the next big thing. Gemma, thank you so much for your time. Um, That's fine. <laughs> I hope I didn't ramble too much. I haven't nah. had a <laughs> You've been absolutely great. If um if people want to find out a little bit more about you um or they want to follow your uh, I guess journey to towards Tokyo, where where can yeah. they find you? Uh, Twitter is my like sporting blogging page, but also Instagram. So yeah, Twitter or Instagram. Um, awesome. What's like your posting. what's your handle? Uh, so Twitter is at gemh seven, and then. My Instagram, I'm actually just looking. Oh, it's just Gemma Howell. Yeah. That's Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Um, best of luck, I guess, uh, getting back on the mat. And um, yeah, good luck in March. We'll keep our eyes open. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Gem. Thanks to Jem for coming on the podcast. Sorry it's taken so long to get it out. Uh, since recording, she has been back on the mat. She won the European Open in Prague. She took bronze at the Baku Grand Slam. And just this last weekend, she took a seventh place in uh, Ho Hot China. Um, I hope she doesn't mind. Uh, at the moment, she's posted something today uh, about raising money and donating her hair for the Little Princess Trust, who they provide kind of real hair wigs to young people who, who might have lost their hair due to cancer treatment and other other illnesses. So I think that's a fantastic cause. So um, go check out her Just Giving page where she's raising money for that. It's at justgiving.com slash Gemma hyphen howl six. Um, check that out. Guys, please go subscribe. We'll try and get uh, another podcast out soon. No promises. Catch you soon. Bye.